Blog Talk Radio. Grace and Peace, Heart to Heart, encourages women from all stations of life and from every nook and cranny of our world from a biblical perspective. Happy Friday. This is Zenobia Bailey from the greater Seattle, Washington area. Welcome to Grace and Peace, Heart to Heart. I'm so glad you've joined me today, as I am whenever you join me. I'd like to begin by reading the promotional uh, plug that I have for today. Our new book is entitled Shattered Vows. It's by Debbie Lacer. Debbie Lacer brings hope and healing for women who have been sexually betrayed through 245 pages entitled Shattered Vows. Her personal journey through betrayal, her extensive work with hundreds of hurting women, and her intimate marriage two decades after the disclosure of her husband's infidelity provide meaningful answers to the questions that arise amid the, amid the complete fallout of broken vows. The pain endured from sexual betrayal can break your heart, but it does not need to break your life. And so I'd like to begin by reading a portion from her acknowledgement. My three children, Sarah, Jonathan, and Benjamin, truly light up my life. Their precious faces kept me going when I had no desire to go on 20 years ago. I thank you, Sarah, John, and Ben, for your genuine interest in and encouragement of my writing project this past year. I am so blessed by you and the loving hearts you have today. I wear my 30-year anniversary ring with great pride, for it symbolizes the reward of great dedication to a healing journey. I am so proud of Mark and what he has done with his life. My destination would have been very different if he had not taken his behavior seriously and been willing to seek change. He is one who has truly been broken by his betrayal and has sought God's guidance and redemption ever since. I consider it an honor to come alongside a man who seeks to serve God with all of his heart in his second chance. Thank you, Mark, for being a faith-filled servant and a devoted husband. There is no doubt in my mind that God has empowered my fingers to type the thousands of words that fill this book. I know that it has been his desire to use my story to bring hope to his people. I am embarrassed to admit how I have fought the process. I have doubted my abilities. I have been stuck 
without resolve and have given up too many times to count. And yet, time and time again, as I turn this project over to him, each writing day, words and stories began to flow. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness in my journey and in this book. May readers be blessed by the pages that follow. That, my friends, is also my wish that you would find blessing in these pages for yourself and perhaps or for another that is in your life. I'd like to say from the outset that I have not experienced this uh, situation of infidelity personally, but I have personally been and willingly been uh, involved with the infidelities of many friends. And even there, it was a hard journey. But as she says, as Debbie says, God just provided. And as she speaks of this, just in these opening words, I am so blessed to see her willingness, her obedience to follow the Lord, to give her husband and their marriage a second chance. Her preface is entitled, The Darkest, Loneliest Day. Last summer, our local television station broadcast the devastation of a tornado that wiped out an entire farm in our state of Minnesota, 14 buildings in all. No adults were home at the time, just three teenage siblings. The kids hid under the staircase in the basement and literally watched their house blow off its foundation and vanish right before their eyes. They reported that the loud winds and pounding rain lasted about three minutes, and then it was totally calm. No sounds, no rain, nothing but debris everywhere. My heart ached for the family for sure, but it also ached from the memory of the tornado that had swept away my house almost 20 years before. One moment, I was living the life I had always wanted. In high school, I fell in love with and later married the man of my dreams. At 37, I had been married for 15 years and had three beautiful children. My husband was a successful and respected pastoral counselor in our Midwestern town. I had just started my own business with my best friend. Life was good. I never imagined that the roof and walls could blow off my life in just a few minutes. But just as that tornado blew away everything but the people in three short minutes, so in about the same amount of time, 
the winds carrying the lies and deception in my marriage blew away everything for me. On an otherwise normal morning in March, my world came to a crashing halt when my husband, Mark, came home from work with two of his colleagues, the marriage and family therapist and the medical doctor who worked at the health center where Mark was a pastoral counselor. They asked me to join them in the living room because they had something to tell me. I scurried around asking my business partner to take our youngest child with her. The other two were in school. There was a sense of urgency and heaviness and the soberness of the visitors who invited themselves into my home. I was irritated that they hadn't at least called to say anything. I was thinking it was rude to expect that I would be ready for company with no notice. My mind was scrambling trying to fill the ominous silence with something. They took their chairs while Mark slumped down in our navy blue ring chair. I remembered thinking how pale he looked. No one was smiling or making small talk. I restlessly took a seat on the couch. Within the next few minutes, I was told that Mark had been living a secret life. They said he had been sexually inappropriate with some of his clients and that he had lied to the staff and to me. They informed me of all of the ways he had broken his wedding vows and even called him a sexual pervert. They were cool, proper, and unwavering as they announced that they had fired Mark from his job. After the several sentences of explanation, they asked me if I had any questions. That was all. Did I have any questions? Of course I had questions. Are you people idiots? Are you sure you have the right guy? You can't be describing my husband. He wouldn't do things like that. I know. We've been intimate partners for 15 years. He loves me and loves our kids. He would never do anything like that. Are you crazy thinking you can march into my house and in a matter of five minutes expose these awful secrets and then fire my husband? How do you think we'll live? What do you expect me to do? Where is your compassion? Is the situation really so bad? How can you be so calm if you are true friends and colleagues? Why do you just sit there so properly? Why don't you defend him and help us? But I said, no, I don't have any questions. And they left just like that. Five minutes was all it took to deconstruct my whole reality. Feeling stunned and disoriented, yet strangely calm, I lifted my head to glance at Mark. He was slouched in the corner of the chair, expressionless and motionless, with tears rolling down his face. I know it was only God who nudged me off the couch to go to him and put my arms around him and just weep. 
Neither of us spoke for a long time, but I heard whispers that must have been from God. There are missing pieces in your life together. Trust me to lead you to a richer place. I had an inexplicable sense that God was somehow at work in my life, even in this dreadfully dark and lonely hour. This book is about the hope that existed even in those darkest moments and grew deep and sustaining over time as I make critical choices that would ultimately bring about a healing I couldn't have imagined. If you have been sexually betrayed by your husband, you are likely to question whether you will ever feel love in your marriage again. As you grieve the loss of what you thought you had, I want you to know that it is possible to experience transformation in your life and even in your marriage. As you read my story and many others, I hope that you too will find hope and healing. Okay. So now we're at the introduction, and it is entitled, So Much for Happily Ever After. Every woman who has been sexually betrayed recalls the vivid clarity that darkest, loneliest day when betrayal entered the sanctuary of her marriage and forever changed her life. The marriage she thought was built on truth and trust was laced with lies and deceit. She wonders how she will ever deal with the pain she is experiencing. What exactly is the sexual betrayal that wounds so deeply? A husband's infidelity may consist of many different components. Sexual fantasy, pornography, masturbation, cybersex, internet chat rooms, massage parlors, strip clubs, emotional or physical affairs, and prostitutes. Here is the problem a wife faces. Her husband has been unfaithful to their marriage vows. He has lusted after, inappropriately touched, or been sexual with another person, sometimes several people. And no matter how the horrific information came to light, she feels terribly alone. Listen to the experiences of some other women whose stories might be different from yours, but whose hearts ache in similar ways. Candace's story. It was an ordinary day of packing lunches for the kids, running errands, and making a few calls for my home-based business. I was taking my husband's clothes to the cleaners, when a crumpled piece of paper fell out of his pocket, this displaying numerous names of women, I could feel my face flush and my pulse race as nausea swept over me. I could barely give the clerk the information for the dry cleaning order. I walked numbly to my car, collapsed in the driver's seat, and began shaking all over. Panic engulfed me. I couldn't think what to do next. 
breathe, breathe, was the only thought I could hold on to. I accomplished nothing that day. Mostly, I just stared into space. I confronted Jeff that night, and he denied knowing anything about those names. In fact, he had no idea how that paper could have even gotten into his pocket. My anxiety would not cease, and in fact, terror overcame me the next day. Tears kept flowing. Anger was growing. If I had no information to support my reaction, I was privately planning my detective work to uncover facts about those names. My brain was locked on thoughts of finding out the truth. Later the second night, Jeff confessed that he had been seeing a woman while on a business trip. It was no big deal, he said. Just some drinks and socializing. I found myself doubting his confession. I couldn't help the rage that was overtaking me and the obsession with those women's names. I felt as if I were going mad. After I spent another week crying, blaming Jeff, and distancing myself from him, he admitted that my intuition was right. He had had several affairs, some one-night stands, some longer-lasting. I'd finally gotten the truth I'd wanted, but I actually felt worse rather than better. I'd always thought I could handle anything. I was independent, resourceful, a leader. But that day, I had no idea what to do. I collapsed in a heap until I could choke out a call to my pastor. Paula's story. I always suspected that Jerry was up to something when he stayed up late at night, making excuses for not coming to bed with me. I could barely stay awake to watch the news, and I hated that we didn't go to bed at the same time. I felt I was disappointing him because I had no energy to talk or to be sexual after a long day with our three small children. One night, when I couldn't sleep, I got up and walked into the living room. I found Jerry there masturbating while watching pornography on his computer. I was shocked, and I had a lot of questions. He quickly shut down his computer and said tonight was the first time anything like this had happened. Really. He was sorry. He would never do it again. He looked sincere, and I wanted to believe him. I slipped back under the covers, trembling with anger and sadness. Only a few weeks later, I caught him again. I knew he wouldn't want me to be upset with him, and I hope that if I didn't make a big deal out of the behavior, he would stop doing it. I couldn't imagine telling anyone about this. It was embarrassing and seemed so out of character for my husband. But deep inside, I felt exceedingly ashamed and frightened about what was wrong with us. Dolores' story. I have found myself pulling away from my husband more and more, because it seems as though he is constantly watching other women. I feel so hurt and inadequate around him. There must be something wrong with me. I know I've gained some weight since the children were born. Still, I don't like it one bit when we go to restaurants or church, and he is constantly gazing at women 
or trying to strike up conversations with them. When I've asked him about it, he says, I'm just insecure and I need to get over it. I don't know what else I can do. Denisha, my husband Jerome recently attended his 15-year high school reunion and has been emailing an old friend constantly since then. When I asked him about this friend, he said she was just a girl he used to date in high school. They hadn't talked since they had graduated and both left for college. It is now several months later, and I've noticed that she has sent pictures and even small gifts to him and often calls him now, too. I feel uncomfortable with the situation. But Jerome tells me nothing is going on, and I shouldn't be so paranoid and jealous. And today, we're going to stop there. On our next reading, we'll pick up with Rita's story. Thank you again. Pray that you have a wonderful rest of the day. Grace and peace to you from me. Goodbye.